Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Judges 6 and verse 1, no need to stand. Just stand up on the inside. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Imagine that. The whole book of Judges is like that. They do evil. They're tired of getting whooped up on. They cry out, which is a picture of a prayer meeting. God sends a deliverer. The deliverer doesn't raise up a successor. The deliverer doesn't disciple anybody. And so there's no mentoring going on. Without a successor, you're not a success. And what ends up happening is they fall right back into sin. Without, without a, a shepherd, people go astray. We all need, everyone needs a pastor. Everyone needs a leader. Everyone needs accountability. Everyone needs impartation. Everyone needs to, to be a part of a church, to be a part of the life of God in Christ. Can you say amen? So, you know, you look at the book of Judges. They did evil. They cried out. God sent a deliverer. But the deliverers never raised anybody up, as is the case with Gideon. They did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made for themselves dens, caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. Let's stop. They do evil, and the enemy the protective hand of God comes off of them because of their evil. And the devil, which will be called the Midians tonight, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. New Testament applications. Everybody following them, say amen. Can you say a better amen? amen? And so for seven years, the devil has robbed God's people of the harvest. They, they have... I mean, they're in trouble. They're all afraid. They're so afraid. They're hiding out in caves, clefts of the rock, or dens, clefts of the rock, and strongholds. And that's where they live. It's like being so afraid that you never leave your basement. It's being so afraid that you never come out from underneath your bed, and you hope, you hope the Midianites don't show up at your house. And so they just hoped that for seven years and they're hiding in their dens, in their strongholds, in their caves. They hoped that in hiding that one day it's going to be over. And for seven years, a seven is a number of completion, the devil robs the harvest. Are you all there? If you're following me, say amen. amen. So it was whenever Israel had sown... The devil came up, the Midianites, also the Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them, and they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance. You all know what that word means. I'm reading from the New King James. Leave no, leave no provision, no bread, no grain, no food. They've got no food. I mean, they're all basically starving. Neither sheep nor oxen or donkey. They're taking all of, their, all of their animals. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming up as numerous as locusts. For all of you who don't know what a locust would do, you can go on Google and look up what a locust will do to the land. Eats everything green. There's not one thing left on it. 
Both they and their camels were without number. So there's so many people that you can't number them all. And they would enter the land and destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished. That's not impoverished. Impoverished was bad. Greatly impoverished is a whole other thing. Because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. When you begin to cry out, it's the beginning of your turnaround. When you begin to cry out in the midst of your attack, it's the beginning of the miracle. Just don't stop crying out till he comes home. Just don't stop crying out till the miracle happens. Just don't stop crying out. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He will flee. So if you're still under it, you're still fighting, don't ever stop fighting. Get, 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 you know, in the cluster, get, get, get with some other burning hot, red hot coals and bear one another's burden and contend and fight and pray. Believe for the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Get in a prayer meeting. Get together with people that know how to fight. I've surrounded myself with a bunch of tough cats. You know what I mean by that's a 60s term. You know what a cat is? A dude, a brother, families. Some of you surround yourself with like Uncle Fester. Some of you surrounded yourself. I mean, your best, your besties are pot smokers too. I mean, seriously. Well, it's medi- okay, okay, it's medicinal, whatever. If you're getting intoxicated, it's wrong. So I'm like, no, I just use it for my knees. It's this joint thing. It's this thing. <laughs> okay. My point is, you get around people that are on fire. You get in a place where the power of God's being poured out. You get around people where there's miracles, then miracles will start coming on you in another level. If you, stand, if you hang around lukewarm, then you're just going to be the lukewarm club. Just a luke, lukewarm bit spit out of your mouth. And I see, I see so many miracles in this house. It's incredible. It is absolutely financial miracles, miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance. He said, well, I haven't had any. Where you been? Because everybody's in the flow. It's happening. Kind of sound arrogant. It, yeah, the, the righteous can, can look like arrogance. And arrogance, you know, I, I, I don't like being around arrogant people. I don't know about you. Probably because I hate it within myself more than anything. Pride. Pride will shut down the anointing. Pride will kill things. Come on, let's go back to this here. So for seven years, they lose everything. They're greatly impoverished, 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 impoverished. Yeah, that. They cried out to the Lord. They they what? They cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass... Well, then the children of, when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, or in verse 7, because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, brought you out of the house of bondage, I delivered you out of the land of the Egyptians, out of the land of those who oppressed you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. I also said to you, I am the Lord your God, do not fear the gods of the Amorites and those you dwell in, but you've not obeyed my voice. One of the reasons our, our country is in so much difficulty is because the church has been asleep for a long time. Not the whole church, but large sections of the church have become religious and powerless. And I could do a survey tonight, but I would be embarrassed at my own lack of 
impartation and teaching you that the result, if I was to ask you to raise your hand, of how many of you have led somebody to Jesus in the last week, don't do it. But it would be embarrassing because the odds are very small that some of you actually led one person to Jesus in the last month or two months or three months. You say, well, pastor, are you, are you down on us? I'm not. I'm just saying that if the church doesn't get on fire and start winning souls, if we don't, if we, how, how can we see our culture that is just like dying and damned with all kinds of stuff taking place? How can we see a transformation if the church is apathetic and lethargic about people who are going to hell? I think many people actually don't believe there is a hell. Somebody said to me, are you a hell, hellfire and brimstone church? I'm not sure what they meant exactly, but as I thought, I thought about it, I thought, I think they mean somebody who's screaming, you're all gonna go to hell. And, but I thought, well, sure we are because we do believe in hell. Oh, and we believe in heaven, and we, and we believe in life, and life abundant. We believe in walking in power. We believe that Jesus, the name of Jesus, is bigger than cancer, bigger than disease. We, we believe that with God, all things are possible. We believe that the joy of the Lord is our strength. We, we believe in the blessing of God. You say, are you one of those prosperity churches? And actually, actually, if you really understand what the word church means, I mean, how could you even say that it's anything but a prosperity church? It is good news to the poor, good news to the brokenhearted. It's healing, it's recovery of sight, it's the kingdom of God. That is the message. Good news to a poor person is you don't have to be po no more. No, that's not really what it means. Oh, shut it. If you're offended right now, just pretend I'm the guest evangelist. Come back next week and it, it might be different. I, I, I don't know. The enemy for seven years has stolen a harvest. And I do believe as we look around and ponder why our culture is so jacked up, it's because we haven't been winning souls and discipling men and women. See, because you'd never vote for abortion if you really understood that it was murder and then you'll stand before God for it. But if you really do understand that it's murder and you really do understand that there's a God in heaven who you're going to have to give an account for as a believer. You'll stand, as a believer, you'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You say, well, I'm, I've been through abortion. I'm sorry. I am. The devil's a liar. We minister to lots of people that have been through that, and you can be healed. Just don't do it again. Repent. Believe God. I believe that aborted baby went straight to heaven. That's what I believe. I believe our culture is so brutally in trouble because... Because we're not doing our job. We're hiding. We're hiding. I don't know if you've noticed. Let me just pick on Alaska for a second. Lots of people come to Alaska to hide. And be like, man, I'm getting away from California. I got news. California is the way it is. It's because there's Californians living in it. Californians can move and come to Alaska and vote. And in fact, they have. I'm not against Californians. I love people. I'm, I'm against, I'm against a um, secular, godless, idol-worshipping, mammon-worshipping. I'm against that. I'm against the enemy and his plan. Hello. 
And so if we don't have a great revival in Alaska, never mind Alaska, that, that's going to happen. It is happening. I believe that. Every village is going to have a church. I believe we're going to see a great outpouring. But we've got to take it to the rest of the nation and the nations of the world. Really. So that then when people really get discipled, then they don't see, they don't see a black person or a white person. They, they see a, someone who's made in the image of God. When they, when they really get discipled, they don't go and they don't murder. They don't, they don't go and get intoxicated and wasted and go from, from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage, giving up their vows like it's, like it's uh, I don't know, putting on a new coat or something. They mean their vows. They mean their oaths. The reason America's in so much difficulty is I believe the church has been hiding. The people of God have been hiding, just as we read, in dens, in caves, in strongholds. What does that mean, Pastor? Dens, raids, caves, strongholds. I like the NIV. It talks about this text, and it says, in the clefts of the rock in caves and strongholds. So I'm going to bring this home. This might be a two-part message tonight. Clefts of the rock, I like that because how many of you know that Jesus, God, is the, it's, it's a picture of the cleft of the rock. There are people that hide in Jesus, listening to all their music and worship and they pray, and, but they don't, they're not going to get out of their house. They're not going to get out of where they're at. They're just like, Lord, Lord, just if you could just protect me and my son and my wife and my, and my daughter, if you could just protect me, God. If you could just protect me, I'm just going to, I'm just, just, you know, just, I'm going to protect just God, Jesus. We're just going to hide. Oh, Jesus. Just a closer walk with Jesus. <laughs> Granted, Jesus is my plea. Just a closer walk with Jesus. I love that song. But let me just tell you, when you get closer to Jesus... You become infectious. You become, and I'm not talking about COVID-19. I'm talking about infected with Christ. Amen. The power of God, you get closer to Jesus. You can't walk past people. You can't walk past somebody. When you're really close to Jesus, you're, you're moved. On Monday, I was, I was having a wonderful time. I listened to the word, and Monday's usually my day off. And we went to Target, which is a French way of saying Target. And there was a man that was hunched over in the back of his car. He was, clearly had health problems, clearly was in pain. And I'm going to tell you, the last thing I want to do on Monday after I've gone through a weekend and counseling and praying and preaching, I love it, it's great, but on Monday I'm tired. So the last thing I want to do is help somebody change a tire. Now you buy me more spiritual than me, but that is the last thing I want to do. I just want to be like, hallelujah, praise God, Lord, help him, help him, help him, God, help him, shaka ta 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 and then just keep going. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, he's going to be all right. That's not that hard. But it was one of those things where I'm looking, and it wasn't like he was having a little bit of difficulty. We're talking like level, level nine pain, Doc. Level nine, you know, like wincing and, and noise and stuff as I got closer to him. And I, I said, uh, I'm going to help you. He said, I've got it. I said, oh, no, you don't. I said, I, I got it. <laughs> 
I said, I got it. I, he said, oh, thank God. Oh, and he sat up and he told me how his back was broken and I don't know, all kinds of plates and, you know, all kinds of stuff. I was moved. It moved me. I thought, oh my gosh, my hands work pretty good. I could pick the tire up with one hand. It's taken him 10 minutes to get out of the car. Let's move it. When you, when you have a closer walk with Jesus, you're going to minister to people. You will reach out. When you're touched and impacted by the love of God, you can't help but reach out. I've told us before, the best pizza, one of the best pizzas on the planet is, is Kawhi Brick Oven Pizza. Oh, yeah. oh and, and when you show up with your little kids, they give you a little wad of dough for your kid. Right? Come on. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God, for those wonderful memories. Brick oven pizza, Kauai, Hawaii. Okay, I can tell you about that because I've had lots of that pizza. When you, when you get touched by God and you get born again, you come to the altar of justification. See, some of you are not on fire because you came to an altar of justification, but you never made it an altar of sanctification. You come to it justified, comes out of the book of Romans, just as if I never sinned. You come, and, and, and we're going to make an altar of justification here in just a minute, where, where I hope that some of you respond. And you give your life to Christ. But if you just give your life to Christ, yes, it's, a make it, it's enough to make it to heaven. Absolutely enough to be forgiven. But if that, was the, the, if, that was, if that was the end of the story, when you received Jesus, you'd be like, oh God, I'm so sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again from the grave. Thank you. And you'd go straight to heaven. You would die on the spot. It's not God's purpose for you. God's purpose for you is not to just be saved. Because you'd be dead after you prayed it. No, God's purpose for you is to be his hand extended. But if you're living in the cleft of the rock, if you're hiding out and hoping that Midian's never going to come to your house, they're moving here from California. Are you following me? Please don't hear me wrong. I'm not down on Californians. I used to live there. I used to be one of them, in fact. But I got delivered. I was born again. You got delivered, too. Give them praise. What are you saying? If we hide, the church is hiding out. If you just think you can huddle your little family... And everything's going to be okay. You're wrong. Because Midian will come knocking on your door. I don't care if you live in a gated community and at the end of the cul-de-sac, they're going to come. They're going to come to the schools. They're going to come to, they're going to be at Target. So what are we going to do? You get them all saved. That's what you do. You, you, you let your heart be moved and you share the love of God. They're broken, hurting people just like you were or are. Midian was overtaking because Israel, listen to me, wasn't willing to fight. The reason we have a dying, damned culture that needs a great turnaround is because the church has been asleep. I have signed up to fight, and I'm not going to be involved in civilian affairs. I'm going to win souls. Anybody else? I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to declare the kingdom of God. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Ah, come on! 
Look at verse 11. No. Yes. Are you, are you following me thus far? Okay, so yes, they send. A prophet comes. But they're not willing to fight and get right with God. Until this faithful day. In verse 11, when the angel of the Lord came, sat under the tabernacle tree, which is at Ophir, which belonged to Joash, the Jaburazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midians, Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor, which is just bizarre. You say, why is that bizarre? Because he's a chicken and he's hiding. Men of valor are usually just storm places full of fire, like a, like a berserker. Men of valor, they lead, they've got courage. Hiding out, taking a wine press and threshing wheat. A wine press is used for making wine, which is a pitcher of oil or a pitcher of the Holy Spirit, I should say. So he's threshing wheat in a, in a wine press. He's changed what should be a, a picture of outpouring, a picture of celebration, a picture of life, and he's changed it into making himself some bread. And I will tell you that there's a whole generation that wants to preach, pray, prophesy to make money also. And you look for an anointing in your life so that you can get your name in lights. You had better not get into the ministry. It's the wrong thing to do. You, the anointing is for setting the captives free. You need to protect the anointing. You need to protect, you protect the anointing by living holy. You protect the anointing by living right and by praying. I'm not concerned about somebody coming and rubbing off on me and defiling me. They're going to get impacted by what's on me. I'm not going to get impacted on what's on them. Are you following me? And there are many people that are moving that direction for money. Oh, and, and it can be lucrative. There are charlatans. I got like one hmm, wherever that was. <laughs> oh, me or oh, my. It's just the truth. But even in the midst of that, the angel comes and calls this man who's not fighting for his family. He ain't fighting for the nation. He ain't fighting for Alaska. He's, he's frozen, hiding out. He's one of the clefts of the rocks. He's in the den. He's in the stronghold. You understand? He's hiding. And the angel comes and defines him by the cry of his heart. And that's what God says to you tonight. He says, but mighty man of valor, mighty woman of valor. He comes in the place of the cave of our despondency. He comes in the cave of our hiding out in fear. He comes in the cave of our, I don't know how to do it. I'm lame. He comes, and, and, and the angel comes and says, mighty man of valor. Look what, look what he says. I've preached this text to you before, but it's so on my heart tonight. The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. And Gideon, I'm pretty sure, has no clue who he's talking to because he just got a spirit of trash talk, comes over him right here. And Gideon says, oh yeah? The Lord's with us, huh? Oh, the Lord's with me, huh? The Lord's with us, and uh, why has all this happened? Uh, if the Lord's with us, then why are my parents divorced? If the Lord's with us, and wh why, why is there so much horror going on. Why am I broken? Why, if the Lord's with me, why am I hiding? 
Why am I making wheat in a wine press, dude? He doesn't realize he's having a theophany. You never want to talk to an angel like that. It'd be a big mistake. Just talk to Zechariah in the book of Luke chapter 1. So he mouths off. So, Lord, how wise has all this happened? But it's good to ask why. And he says, and where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him as the angel of the Lord. In fact, many theologians say that this is a theophany. A, vis- a theophany is a theological term, but a visible, visible manifestation of God. Jesus, actually, in the Old Testament. The Lord turned to him. It's not the angel of the Lord. It's the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. What? What might? And you shall save Israel from the hand of the many. Because you feel that way. I feel that way at times. I can't witness to people. Are you kidding me? What are they going to do? What if they reject me? There's only two or three people that like you anyway. So statistically. So it doesn't matter. So just get rid of that. What if they reject you? They're going to. Go in the strength of yours. What strength? And then he goes on to tell them. Come on. He goes on to tell them. I'm the least of my, my, my. Hello. Hello, hello, indeed, seriously, are you serious? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and Manasseh is a half-tribe, it doesn't say that, but it's true. So my clan, in all of Israel, my family, they're the weakest. And not only that, I'm from Manasseh, and I think you know what that means? That's the half-tribe, that's not even a full tribe, so it's a half-tribe, and I'm the weakest. You might feel weak, And I want to tell you, when you're weak, Paul said, then you'll be made strong. The beautiful thing about being weak, if you'll acknowledge it and come before the Lord, is that he will endue you with power. And I have seen over and over some of the greatest miracles that I've seen in the street, some of the greatest miracles I've seen in the church, some of the great miracles we've seen even with our building project, is when I'm weeping and I have nothing. I have zero. All I have is him. And I want to tell you something. He's all you need. And in those moments when I've cried out, I'm like, I can't do it. He just goes, but I can. And I've seen God pour out insane provision and miracles and breakthrough. We have from time to time do these prophetic conferences, power conferences we're now calling them. We just had one. And I'm headed to Portland, not Portland, Oregon. How many of you know they need a move of God? They need a move of God. Oregon's always been weird. No offense if you've ever lived there. They need a move of God. So I'm, I'm, I'm headed there to go do one tomorrow morning. And we're going to have a powerful weekend here. You don't want to miss anything that takes place. It's going to be great. But I'll be there this weekend having this power conference. I remember, and, and undoubtedly, I love how the Lord messes with me, but I always get to experience what I preach uh, before I preach it and after, so praise the Lord. I remember being at one of these conferences, and it's kind of like running a marathon as a guest speaker. And so, you know, you're running a marathon, you're running a race, you want to know when 
You want to know when you're on the last half mile, you know? You want to be like, okay, like, okay, here's the end. You're, 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 you're speaking two times, three times. It requires a lot of preparation, a lot of prayer. It requires God enabling and you helping you. But it, it's kind of like when you come to the end, you're like, whoa, yes. And you cross the finish line. So I was doing one of these conferences and I crossed the finish line. And so I'm like, oh, thank you. Let's go eat which is what preachers do after they preach and stuff. But the plans changed right on the spot. And, and the pastor said, no, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have more prophecy rooms. I was like, no, what are you talking about? Now, I know some of you are more spiritual than me. I was with David Fang. He's like, yes. I'm like, okay, you're, you're weird, bro. Got sent off to a room with about 20 to 30, 30 people or so. I had nothing left in the tank. I mean, like nothing. I had nothing. I wanted to weep and cry. Would you jump on the keys, please? I wanted to weep and cry. And I'm thinking, here's 30 people that need a word from the Lord. I need a word from the Lord. I need you to come and help me. So, you know, we're walking in the room. I just got my head down. I'm praying, being all spiritual, praying in tongues. We get to the room. Oh, Pastor Daniel's here. He's going to prophesy over people. I'm like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Praise God. And everybody's like, you know, sitting down. Oh, we're going to start. I said, okay, everybody pray in the spirit. They all started praying. And I walked away and I started weeping because I had nothing. Zero. You understand? You know when your tank is empty? Like, I can't. I can't run another, I can't speak another thing, I can't give another word. I'm, and, and you know, there will be people that be like, well, the anointing lifted, whatever. If people are there, you need to minister to them. And then you need to go away onto a mountain and get rest, and, and that's a good thing too. I walked away weeping. I went to a wall. I went up to a wall, and I leaned against the wall. I've seen Dr. Morocco do it. So I figured I'd try it. I just stood there. God, I don't have anything. Now, you can only stay there so long. Can, can you imagine right now if I just turned towards the wall and I just put my head towards the wall and I never came back? <laughs> Pastor Vance, Minister David, Pastor Gil, they'd be like, um, I guess we'll close. <laughs> we don't know what's going on with him. I wanted to stay there. And I'm weeping. And I stay there as long as I can without being embarrassing and maybe just a little bit longer, like, what's he doing? And I said to the Lord, I can't do anything. I know you can, but I can't. I got nothing. I can't. I, can't. I don't even want to see these people right now. I said, God. He said, just go. I said, okay. All right. And so I left that place. I left the, I left the, the wall moment. feeling weak with nothing. I said, okay, I'll go. And I turned around and I just said, let's go. Let's go. Hallelujah. And I saw one person light up, which is how it works for me. I saw, I saw the presence of God just kind of hit one person. I called them out and honestly, the God's honest truth is I'm not sure what happened to the rest of the other 30 people because the rest of it was a blur. It was like God came and put me on like a glove. I can't even take any credit for it. I think I spoke in African that night. No, I'm serious. 
There were some Nigerians there. Then I lost their mind. People falling out, people weeping, people crying. And when it was done, and, and half of the people were on the ground, it was like, whoa, amen, praise God. It was like I got returned. It was like snatched up by the Holy Ghost. It's 8.23. Do you know where your children are? Come on, lift your hands to heaven. When I was praying, I'm going to sew this up and do something. When I was praying, I saw you both. Today, I saw you. I saw you crying out to God. And I saw God coming with incredible answers to prayer. And there has been some things that just have not moved. The Lord says, I'm moving them because of your faithfulness, because of how you've interceded. God is going to really strengthen your physical body right now. Right now, God's touching your body. He's healing your body, touching your body. Receive fresh fire, fresh power. Holy Ghost, touch. There's been challenges in your sleep. The Lord says, I'm coming to renew you and strengthen you. Even from your voice will come a prophetic unction. Even coming forth from you will be a fresh wind of the Spirit. To touch your family, to touch those that are connected to you. There's so many. There's so many that are connected to you. I see like they're holding on to your garment. I see them holding on, holding on, just reaching out to touch you, the relationships and family. You, you know, many, many, many people. The Lord says that I'm going to pour my spirit through you and you're going to activate that gift of the evangelist and there's going to come a great breakthrough of miracles. It's not going to be like at other times. You'll be received. You will be received, says the Lord. I will make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The rest of the story is that Gideon's like, if you're really with us, then how come we don't have all the, and, and the, and the angel of the Lord, the Lord says, because I didn't have a Moses. I didn't have anybody who would go. He says, go in the strength that you have. He doesn't feel like he has any strength. Well, I'm going to tell you, when you don't feel like you have any strength and you're moving in the will of God, ooh, strength cometh, power comes outpour is released. When you think you got it figured out, when you, when you think you got it all dialed in, well, that many times, that's, that, that's where you just got to, you know, dial yourself down and dial him up. Gideon says, well, you, let, let's, let's have a meal. Let's hang out. Let, let's have a meal. And it's like he has this priestly meal and brings a little chicken in a basket or whatever it is. I don't know. You need to go read the text. And an angel comes and it's a chicken and a biscuit. I don't know what it is. Anyway. They share a meal. It's a covenant meal. And the angel takes off and he realizes, oh my gosh, I was just mouthing off to God. He's going to kill me. <laughs> God comes 
And he tells them, and this is the essence of what I feel like the Lord wants to say, and I'm, I'm not going to go much longer because we're going to just flow a little bit. and We won't have like a three-hour service unless, of course, Jesus comes and lays hands on all of us, then who knows what will happen. May he do it. May we all end up underneath the pew, jacked up, forever transformed. That's what we need. We need a, we need a, we need a move of God like that. What else is going to touch God's people? His power touching you will ignite you to move into that anointing of valor and courage to, to take the land. To take the land. You were created for this time. You were made for this time, Pastor Gil. You're revolutionary. You will never fit in and you never have fit in. And I'm putting my hand upon you and I'm, I'm elevating you. You are becoming like one of my generals. I'm like, oh, no, no. yeah. If you said, oh, yes, that's me. In your spirit, you say yes. In your mind, you, you say, isn't God gracious to me? Absolutely. That's the way it should be. I'm going to elevate you, says the Lord. I'm going to give you other lands and other places and other nations. There's an apostolic anointing that's upon your life that will grow. Continue to build rightly with brokenness and humility and prayer. Transparency. There was no miracles for Israel with Midian because there was no Moses. There was no one that would go. God calls to you tonight. God reaches through my voice to your heart to say, I've called you. I've appointed you to bear forth fruit and fruit that remains. God's method is a man. Angels aren't going to come and preach the gospel. They can't. Not now. Later. There's, I think there's one. Is that right? Dr. Haggerty. Book of Revelation. There's an angel that preaches the gospel. But right now, that's your job. That's my job. The reason our nation, the nations are so messed up because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and the church is hiding out thinking they're insignificant or they've got no power. They don't understand that they're called of God. They're the ecclesia. They're the called out ones. That those that are supposed to walk in valor and power. And so oftentimes we're making excuses like, like seriously, God, seriously, are you seriously choosing me? My father's into porn. I grew up with an Asherah pole in my backyard, God. Hello? Hello? Do you know what an Asherah pole is? I got one in my backyard. And I got this bull. It's his favorite bull. And, and, and I, yeah, I grew up with it. It's seven years old. I, and, yeah, and the, and the Lord says, that's right. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go kill the bull. You're going to chop down that phallic symbol of the Asherah pole. You're going to take away. You're going to get rid of that lust. You're going to get it out of your family. You're going to destroy it. You're going to build an altar, and you're going to sacrifice. He's like, no, seriously, that's my favorite. Hello? Hello? That's my father's favorite bull. And I ain't touching no Asherah pole. He says, no, you're going to chop that down, and you're going to... See, one of the reasons people have no fire, back to the justification and the sanctification, the altar of justification is getting right before God. And again, it's the, if that was just it, you'd drop dead, remember? So you have to move to sanctification. I'm going to tell you something. If I had to do, if I had to be a Christian without any fire, oh God, just take me home. I almost, there was a time in my life when the anointing lifted off of my life. It was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced, and I won't go into the whole story. 
And if you've lost the power of God, the presence of God, you can, you can get that back through prayer and fasting and get right. Some of you are trying to build your altar of sanctification on top of an Asherah pole. I am preaching so much better than you're amening. Some of you are, some of you are trying to build your life, your Christian walk, on top of your bull. and my mother. My family, I've confronted them full on with the blood of Jesus and repented and dealt with it. I've, I, and, and, and I asked God, if there's anything else, show me so I can hack that down too and set it on fire. I'm going to tell you the fire of God will be revealed in your life if you'll deal with your Asherah poles and your, and your bull. Hey! Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. You say, well, I, I don't have no bull. No, you're, you're full of bull. Because we all have it. You got to get it out. You got to get free, yes. You got to get free, yes. You got to get free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, yes. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, yes. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, oh. Who the sun sets free is free indeed, yes. Some of you need to get the California out of here. Do you know what I'm talking about? You gotta get, you gotta deal with stuff, you gotta confront it. You think it's okay not to tithe. You just don't realize how it's hurting you. You think it's okay to be addicted to to, to pornography. First Corinthians something. at the table of the Lord and the table of demons and not expect that you're going to have a big problem. 
That's a picture of some of you, when the lights are out, you creep out into the living room. You take your phone or your device and you, you, you go to the bathroom, you tell your wife, well, yeah, no, my stomach, you know, my stomach's not feeling so good, so yeah. No, you, you bowing down to the Asher poles, what you're doing. Oh, am I offending you? Welcome to Kings. I'm trying to get you free. I'm trying to get you set on fire. I'm trying to, listen, you've got to cut down the Asherah poles. You say, well, I don't have that, but my, my dad, repent. What, what, what are you convicted of? Because the Holy Spirit brings conviction of sin, and when he brings it, he doesn't do it to beat you over the head. He doesn't preach a message to you like this so that you can hide under the covers in shame. He preaches it so that you rise up out of your, out of your, out of your wine press of hiding. You come out of the cave. You come out of the closet for God. And you don't be somebody that just hides out in the presence of God or in church. He needs that. Lift your hands all across this place. No more bull for me, no. He did it at night. You know why he did it at night, Pastor Gil? It's the same reason Nicodemus came at night. He did it at night because he didn't want anybody to catch him. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm so glad that God allows us. It doesn't matter if you do it at night or during the daytime. Get right. And the angel was like, no, you have to do it today. I said, no. And then you know what else? He gets his, I think it's 10 servants. You know why? Because his friends wouldn't go with him because he needed some new friends. They were all scaredies too. He gets 10 servants. They had to. He hired them. And he goes and he chops down the Asherah pole and he sets it on fire. And Gideon becomes the deliverer. I am telling you as surely as I know anything in God, his method is you. He said, well, I can't do it. Welcome to the club. I'm the least one. Seriously, I'm from Manasseh. It's a half tribe. And I'm like, a, I'm like the run in my family, and my family is the run in the tribe. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength. Yeah, I don't have any strength. No, you, you're talking to me right now. I guess you have some strength. I can't do it. I can't do it, God. Uh, I can't do it. He says, go. If you want to see miracles, I'm calling you like Moses. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. I saw, listen, I saw on a video sent to me this week, and I'm going to close with this. They sent to me today. It's a guy who was just a couple months ago, you know, drunk. And he got right, and he decided, man, I'm just going to start winning souls. He is in the street. I mean, most people think, well, you were just drinking. You better not be doing Listen, I don't, I don't care what your background is. You come from a long line of prostitutes or pimps. It does not matter. You might not know your mom. You might not know your dad. It's irrelevant. You can, you can get adopted. There's that adoption lick right there. You can get adopted. And you can answer the call and move forward. I watched this brother laying hands on somebody 
who had this chronic problem and they got totally delivered. Got no, no ministerial background, has not been to the KSM school, has not, has not graduated from some seminary, which many times become a cemetery. You need to get set on fire. And some of you, some of you are missing out on what God wants to do. He wants you to have a covenant meal with him, get close to him. And when that happens, I'm going to tell you, you're going to start turning some places upside down. You are a divine appointment waiting to happen. Say that. I am a divine appointment waiting to happen. Stand up on your feet, lift your hands all across this place. I am going to commission you. If it was just 12 people here, just 12, that would be enough. How do you know that? Because you're the product of just 12. I'm the product of just 12. God's looking for people. Weak, broken before him. He's looking for people. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.